0: St. Paul desires for the church in Ephesus that God would grant them according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Today, in the lectionary readings set up from ancient times in the life of the church, we are on the second cycle of the seven deadly sins today. <clears throat> so that's seven deadly sins, seven deadly sins, seven deadly sins. That's Sundays, seven Sundays, seven Sundays, seven Sundays throughout Trinity season. And that means today the readings are dealing with the sins of lust and gluttony, the appetite of sins, that desire to consume. But we come to consider these sins be re- being reminded that we have the illumination of the Holy Spirit in our lives, which is the theme of that seven, excuse me, second cycle of seven <clears throat> during Trinity time. St. Paul would wish, I'm sure, for all of us to be granted according to the riches of God's glory, strengthening with might through God's Holy Spirit in our inner man. We pursue this cardinal virtue of temperance. We pursue the cardinal virtue of temperance to fight lust and gluttony. Temperance, of course, it's an older English word and it means self-control, self-restraint, moderation, And we, of course, remember that self-control is one of the fruits of the spirit that we talked about two weeks ago. The Greek flavor of the word ankrateia that St. Paul used in the letter to the Galatians, which is translated self-control, means just what we might think. Restraint of one's emotions, impulses, or desires. Temperance is not a very popular idea in our culture, is it? In case you haven't noticed, in fact, pretty much everything around us in our culture discourages us from learning and inculcating this virtue. Yet this is one of the main virtues that, are, that Aristotle and the ancient world found to be of utmost importance. <clears throat> It was a virtue that could, in their minds, help to produce human flourishing. I don't think they were wrong. They didn't, however, have the revelation of the Logos, the word of God, the second person of the Trinity. The incarnation, in a word, changed everything. That's two words. The incarnation changed everything, including virtue. The virtue of temperance really can produce human flourishing, but it produces it in and through the work of Christ, our Redeemer, his ministry, his passion, his death, his resurrection and ascension. In Christ's supreme virtue of love, all the other virtues are caught up and made potent, and more real than they ever had been before. The flourishing of God's creation, the redemption of the world, is through the continued incarnation of Christ in his church, in you, in me. As we inculcate Christ's supreme virtue of love and the cardinal virtues recreated in Christ's redemptive love. In Christ, all things are made new. That includes Aristotle, Plato, and all the rest of the ancient world's idea of the cardinal virtues, particularly temperance or self-control that we're talking about today. This is causally acted out day by day in the lives of Christians because of the Spirit of God in his church and in his children. We can effectually do what Aristotle wanted to see done because of Christ's death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, and the gifting of the Holy Spirit to us at Pentecost and, in our case, in baptism. We are not supposed to work up the virtues on our own strength. You can't. People have tried for centuries. You can't just work up that self-control and make it happen effectually over time without God without the spirit. So this working up the virtues on our own strength is the failed world of the ancient Greeks and Romans. As much as I love to teach that world, as, as much as there is value in it, ultimately they failed because ultimately, as smart as they were, as much as those philosophers got, they didn't have the revealed Lagos Christ. Amazingly, they really did understand much, and they grasped much truth because of the world around them. St. Paul in Romans talks about that, right? That we can understand the very attributes of God because of the creation around us. But that's not enough. We need the revealed Son of God, and that only comes through the Gospel, through the written and the vocal Gospel, you know, the, 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 the Gospel told, So the only way to be successful in the cardinal virtues is to work at those virtues in the power of God. And that power has been given to us in our baptism in the Holy Spirit. Temperance, my friends, in case you've never tried it, is hard work. It is mostly unsatisfying work. For that which we want to satisfy us is being rejected when we exercise the virtue of temperance or self-control. Of course, the satisfaction of lust and gluttony is only a temporary satisfaction and a false satisfaction. It doesn't truly satisfy. The difficulty is to practice temperance long enough to understand and appreciate the satisfaction that comes from true temperance and self-control. And that takes time. Temperance is truly possible, though, even in this culture of North America today. It happens in fits and starts, even without the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> you see it in people, and I'm often amazed that non-Christians actually can and do practice the virtue of temperance, but it's usually little bits in time. What we want to aim for is a continual temperance, a continual self-control, that fruit of the Spirit. The kind of temperance we are called to live, the kind of life of restraint and self-control we are to walk in is only really able to happen when we truly see with spiritual eyes, when we truly submit to the leading of the Holy Ghost. St. Paul wanted the Ephesians to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ might dwell in their hearts through faith, He continues by noting that they ought to, therefore, be rooted and grounded in love. That they should know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that they may be filled with all the fullness of God. We know these realities through the working of the Holy Spirit. Only through the Spirit can we know and exercise the love of Christ, and therefore also know and exercise love the fullness of the cardinal virtues, including, of course, temperance. Self-control is at the center of the Christian life when beset by the appetite of sins. We must strive to perfect our use of temperance, which means we should regularly fast. Yes, during Lent, during Advent, during the Ember Days, which we just passed three of them this week, but also in general, to keep the virtue of temperance honed, to fast in all sorts of ways and in all different times and seasons of the year. All Fridays throughout the year are fast days, according to the prayer book. And anciently, so were Wednesdays. It can't hurt to build a rule of life fasting around these days, can it? Yes, you'll make mistakes. Often after a hamburger, my kids would say, Dad, it's Friday. We must also build the virtue of temperance through a consistent and structured life of prayer, through attending Mass on Sundays and on feast days, to participate in the daily office with the church, if possible, and upon that foundation, build a devotional life that is structured and habitual. These are just two of the more obvious ways to build temperance. Christians of all ages have needed temperance. We in this present culture may arguably need it more than many Christians in ages past. The benefits of temperance are hard to see, just like the benefits of an exercise program are hard to see for some time. Don't let that fool you, nor let it dissuade you. Seek this virtue, my friends. And let us control our appetites and our passions and redirect them to an appetite for God himself, for ourselves immersed in him through his Holy Spirit. Amen.